This morning, we're going to continue into our Comfortable in Community series. This is our, our last Sunday uh, with this uh, overall topic. And as we heard just a few minutes ago, uh, I like how Paul, when he speaks to people, is real, like, he doesn't want to hurt people's feelings, right? He's real soft, right? Isn't that what he was there? Like, no, no. Paul's like, I don't care. I'm not pleased with you. I don't like what's going on. It needs to change, right? I love it. Actually, I prefer personally, if I'm doing something wrong, I would, like, Paul is the man. That's what I would want. Knock it off. When I was a kid, I always would pray, Lord, if I'm out of your will, would you just literally hit me with a two by four and knock me back into your will? Like, I'd rather one quick kapow than like a long process of, of, you know, just pain that I caused myself. I think Paul got the same thing. He's like, let's just lay it out, be sure it's clear, and let's move on. And uh, so today we're going to look at this piece of scripture and talking about coming to the table. The Corinthians here in Corinth, they had some things that are similar, maybe a little bit different to us, but culturally that when we think about some of the stuff that we read in here, uh, there were lots of things that they really valued. And the people, not the church, but the people. Uh, one of those was they were very classist, very. Now, we might be that way in America too, but I would say their day even next level. If someone that was rich or someone that had high prestige, they would always come and then they would, what he talks about here, they would eat what they wanted, they would take what they wanted, they would kind of do what they wanted, they would be honored, and almost once those people were done, then everybody else could eat. Now it's one thing, in, thing if a president comes or a governor comes, guess what? We're probably going to give them the, the best seat at the table, and we're probably going to let them eat first, like, right? But this was not like special people, like dignitaries, this was like just someone in the church who decides, I have more money I have more prestige, so I'm going to eat more. I'm going to take the seat. I'm going to take, take, take. And Paul is like, no, that is not what, my, what the word of God is about. There's correction, points it to Jesus. Because when we come to the table, it's not about us, but it's for community. When I think about communion itself, and I think about today, in fact, uh, if you got one of these on the way in, awesome. If not, at the end, they're going to have them for you. Uh, if you're with us and you've been with us for a while, you know these are new, right? They're, they're super cool. You can now open them and they don't shoot liquid on you like the old ones did. You also, you have to try it. Like you don't have to just swallow the bread piece. You can actually chew it because it's actually like bread. It's not like styrofoam. Uh, I don't think this would melt on your tongue in about half a second. Like I'm not sure what the old thing was, but right, this is a little bit better. I'm thankful for it, and if you struggled to open the old ones, these just open, like really easy, so we're really taking a step up at Radiant Life Church with our communion elements, and that's an exciting moment. But more important, when they came together and thinking of communion, it wasn't only that they had their little teeny cup and their little teeny piece of bread that is almost not big enough to call a piece of anything, like you could eat a piece of lint about that size and survive, like it'd be all right. Uh, that's not what it was. They would have meal together. They would sit together. What I would say, they would have life group together. Radiant Life Church, that's what we do. They would come, they would sit together. Uh, you would have core group for Ohio State group. You would meet together. You would sit there. You might have snacks or food. You would talk about what God's doing. It wasn't about a, a one little teeny piece, I mean teeny piece of bread. It was about, they, they got together. They did life together. They communed with one another. 
And Paul's saying, we can't be out of order. We can't say, I'm more important than you, or they're more important than that person. That is entirely against what the word of God would say. It's entirely against who Jesus is. So if we do that as a people, we miss it completely. And today, I want us just to look at this. I feel like at Radiant Life Church, I don't have to, as pastor, get up and say, you all, I'm very dis- I, I don't approve of how you've been acting. I don't feel that. Uh, praise the Lord. But in my own life, Lord, what area do I need to work on? And I would think all of us, what area can we work on if there's some area where Paul might come in and say, that's not okay. That's not right. And my question, how would we respond if the Lord would speak to us this morning? You got to fix it. You got to make it new. How would we respond? And I pray that Pastor Chris standing here, I pray that everyone in this room, we would respond as children of the King saying, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me because I am not perfect. I say quite often, if you want to stick around at Radiant Life, I hope you do. I hope you're a part. There'll be a moment when you'll have a good opportunity to be offended at something I do or say. You know why? Because I'm a human being and I'm going to mess up. Like I'll let you know it. Right, so when I mess up, Lord, help me come back in alignment. Help me to see what you would say. And when we do life together in core groups and our life groups here at Radiant Life Church, there's going to be people, and the first person you should look at is the person you look at in the mirror, yourself, who's going to make a mistake, who's going to say something, who's going to do something, who's going to offend someone. You're going to be offended. There's the opportunity. And do we care more about my position and what I want? And what I am, or do we care more about who Jesus is and the fact that I'm going to lay down my life like he laid down his life for me to honor and to serve someone else and to walk somebody else through? Or do I need to get all, what's going on here? I don't get my seat or I didn't get my piece of pie. Now, when I think of life group, actually, I don't know if anybody else is like me. I told you I'm just a human. And, uh, but sometimes we come to our group. And someone brings the dessert. It's almost always dessert for me. That's just my love language. I like it. And generally, it's something cheesecake-y with cherry or strawberry on top. Like, if that's what it is, then I want to, and I'm not saying I never do, but I want to go and get that piece first, like before, hide it away, so that then later on when I walk through the line, I've let everybody else go first, but my pie or my cake or my cheesecake, it's safe. And it's not going to be gone. So have you ever been at a, a potluck or at a life group or a you know, group and you're like, there's like eight pieces and there's like 20 of us. And if the people are smart in this room, that's the first thing they're going to get because it's obviously the winner here tonight. I mean, taste it, but no, it's the winner, right? Like we want to go get it. And so often in our life, little things like, hey, Rachel, get me that piece while you're going because I'm going to wait till last, like. Well, I guess I'm not waiting till last if I take the best thing first. But, you know, that's beyond the point. But in our life, sometimes we want what we want. Anybody ever wanted what you wanted? Anybody? Yes, all of us in the room. There's times we want what we want. And Paul's saying if we are going to be community and if we're going to even take communion correctly, whether it's in a life group and a meal or whether it's on a Sunday morning, it's not about me and me getting my pie or my cheesecake with cherries just ruling over on top like almost off the plate it's not about that or being sure i get my cool whip to go on top so now it's like a mountain that's not what it's about and relationally sometimes i feel like we think the same we act the same i'm going to go to group and i need everybody else to circle around me and pour into me because i 
am weak today or because I have a need. And guess what? There's times when we do have that. There's times when we do need that. But my prayer is, Lord, I'm not going to come and take, 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 take if it's literally the food that Paul's talking about. But I think he's talking about more as I would read into it. But Lord, I'm not going to take, but Lord, today, even if I want or even if I'm in need, Lord, how can I give away today? Who can I bless today? And I've found that when I'm willing, I don't know about so much the pie. Like if you don't get the pie, you don't get the pie. But in every other area, when I give instead of take, I walk away way more filled up, way more filled up than I'm like, oh man, everybody else had to do, had to do. And if they didn't, I leave disappointed. No, God would call us to care for one another, to bear one another's burdens, to take care of the people around us, and then our life will look so much different than if it's all about us. When I think of just these first few verses, he and Paul is just going after it. You didn't do it right. You're not making it happen. You're, you're, you're against what is right. And in fact, he says, I do not praise you. And he says it three times. He says, I do not praise you, like really clear. You know, like, Pastor Mike, I don't praise you. Like, oh, that, that's not what you want to hear. But that's what he's telling the, the church here in Corinth. I do not praise you over and over. And really, I think he's saying, which side are you on? Because when you look here in these verses, and specifically in verse 19, it says, for there must be factions among you. Like, what? No, there, we don't want factions among us. But he says there must be in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. Anybody who wants to be on the faction, like the outside, the problem people, so that you can show the people that are really godly, they're really godly. Nobody wants to be over here. That's what he says. There has to be factions so that you can see who is actually godly. I would like to end up on the godly side, not on the other side. Like, I don't know exactly how that works. Right, But when we think about coming to the table, when we think about all of us coming, the group here today, guess what? There's people that are struggling. There's people who might, even on the way here, have said negative things or maybe in the hallway. And guess what? We can grow in the Lord if we're willing to do it together, but we have to grow. We have to let God move. We have to let him speak in our life. And I would ask, in self-assessment, which side are you on? And I think Paul, that's what he's laying out. Which side are you on? Are you on the I do not praise you side? Or on, are you on the you're, these people are showing that you're godly because you're not getting in the mess that everybody else might be in? You're not taking the food first. You're not just taking, taking, taking relationally. Instead, you're pouring out. You're letting God move in your life. You're speaking the goodness of God. You're letting the word change who you are. Which side are you on? Like, ugh, that sounds like a church vote. Like, which side are you on? Like, right, church votes are always fun. Actually, here they are, because we're united, we're together, and it's always fun. But there's, there's that thought, no, uh, church votes. Like, I'm not sure. I don't want there to be sides. But today, Lord, would you help show me? If I'm showing who is godly because they're standing strong against how I act or what I say or even my selfishness to actually get food, Lord, help me. I need to take a step. Paul was direct. When we think about coming to the table, it's not about me. Even in community, it's not about me. It's coming to the table with Jesus, and Jesus must be the focus. If I can focus on him, then all of a sudden it's easier to take the focus off myself. 
right? It's easier if I come to group and say, hey, this is good, but I'm not like I'm the best, but I'm like Jesus is the reason we're here. Jesus is the reason, which means, oh man, the word of God just spoke a truth that I didn't actually know was there or that I had forgotten, and now I need that truth to become real in my life. It's not, well, it's about me, so sorry. Everyone's going to have to line up with what I feel or with my experience. Or, no, it's, Lord, your word would speak, and therefore the truth of your word is who I'm going to be. That's what I want to be. That's why I'm here on a Sunday. It's why I'm here at a group. It's why I'm here at core group. It's why I'm here in life group. It's why I let God speak into my life, because he is the one that knows. He's the creator, and he makes me whole. It's about Jesus. On the same night, he was betrayed. The foreigners that, that took him, but because his own people, his own friends, his own disciples gave him away. He was betrayed, but even on that night, he had broke bread. He knew it was going to happen. This is my body. This body that is broken for you. There's no sin in it. No, no leaven in it. It's unleavened bread because it's saying there's no sin in Jesus. He let his body be broken. This cup is the new covenant of my blood. This is a big deal getting together. Paul's saying it's a big deal in community getting together to eat together. It's a big deal on Sunday morning. Normally the fourth Sunday of the month we celebrate communion with our little piece of bread, the little cup. It's a big deal. It's not just some little thing. It is a new covenant that we remember and we celebrate. And what is it that we're celebrating on a Sunday morning, on a Friday night at group? whether we take communion, we're having communion, we're doing community together, is we see that there's inner transformation that can take place. And uh, Jeremiah 31 mentions a few things. It says, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. In verse 34, there's inner transformation that can be had. There's inner transformation that needs to be had. In fact, if I come to church or group and say, I've got it, everything's good, Everyone else needs to work on stuff, but I'm good. We walk in the darkness. We don't know what we talk about. Because, Lord, right here, there's plenty of work. Lord, right here, I don't need to look at someone else. I don't need to look at someone else's issues. I can look at myself and say, Lord, would you heal me? Would you fix me? Would you make me whole? And I'm so thankful that he died. He gave his body and his blood for my sin. I'm thankful that he covers me and washes me clean. But Lord, I don't want to just walk in a continual, oh, I just live bad and it doesn't matter. No, I want you to change me. Inner transformation. Not my experience, not what I'm all about, but Lord, what you're about and what you want for me, what your word would say. In fact, in verse 33 of Jeremiah there, it says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. Inner transformation happens because the word of God transforms us and makes us new. And when we come together for a group, when we come together for service, when we come together for prayer time, Lord, change my heart because your word is changing me, because your truth is changing me. Which is why we stand to read the word, because we honor the word. It's not a Sunday morning thing that we should do and read the word. Some, no, this needs to be a part of our everyday life to know the word, to listen to the word. I'm in the process of uh, just trying to lose a few pounds. In fact, right now, I can be honest, I feel like my stomach is eating itself from the inside out. So I figure that's good. I'm probably in the process of losing weight right now, even though I had breakfast. When I run, it just is a thing. 
There's something about a, a transformation. And as I run and as I keep going, there's a, a, a change within me that takes place. And you know what I love about running is I listen to the Bible. If I'm running by myself, if it's a 45-minute run, if it's an hour and 20-minute run, I listen to the Bible. You know, you can listen to a whole long book of the Bible in an hour and 20 minutes. You can listen to long portions. And you know when you listen to long portions of the Bible, you see things differently than if you just read one chapter. You see a whole story, the whole life of David unfold in, in the Samuels. Like you see amazing things that you realize in a new way. The word becomes real and powerful and true. And whether that's because you run and you listen to the Bible instead of sports radio, or whether it's because when you drive in your car you do that, or whether you sit down and you just spend time with the Lord early in the morning or late at night or you figure it out, the Word must be real to you. And I want you to know really clearly, Sunday morning for an hour does not cut it for your Bible intake for the week. No matter how much I speak wisdom and God's whatever, right? No, it's not enough. You need Jesus every day to be poured into you and how you let the word be poured into you. You let truth be poured. And I would encourage you, sometimes we like to listen to sermons or we get our favorite speaker and, you know, uh, whoever that person might be, you're like, oh, I love them. You need to get in the Bible. You don't always need someone else to get in the Bible. You need to get in the Bible because the Bible will change your life. Jeremiah 1 and 33 goes on, I will be their God and they shall be my people. This new cup, this new, this new covenant is about relationship. It's about the God of the universe who transforms us through his word and welcomes us to a personal relationship. I love this summer, my wife and I, we have walked around Glacier Ridge Metro Park, I don't know, 20 times probably. Maybe more. We, we just go a lot. Anytime there's an hour, we go and walk around it. And we get to talk. And we get to talk about what's going on and talk about what's happening. Sometimes in the church. Sometimes in our family. Sometimes with friends. Sometimes just all of these things. Sometimes God speaks things and moves even as we talk. Maybe things that we then get to share in, in conversation or share. Why? Because when we get to be intimate with one another and we get to talk about the things that matter. And guess what happens in those conversations? We're talking about what God would have. And when we're closer, we get to experience him more. And we must separately, we must together, we must in community let God speak through his word and have personal relationship. And I want to tell you, if you are married today and you feel like there's issues and there's problems in your marriage, start walking a few times a week. Start spending time together a few times a week. Don't just live in the same house, but start talking. And the same thing with God. If you want your relationship to go, get in the word. Let transformation happen. And I believe when we're comfortable in community, when we're comfortable around each other, when we're comfortable moving, it will happen. God will move in your life. And you'll start to do what the word says. Proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You'll start to talk about him. You'll start to lift him up. You'll start to do what he uh, has for you and see the power of God poured forth because you know him and you experience him. That's what communion is about on a Sunday morning, but that's what communion is about in community. That's what communion's about when we get together and we pour life into one another and we unleash the power of God. So the question today is what sermon are you preaching what sermon are you preaching proclaim the goodness proclaim jesus 
through community, proclaim Jesus. See what side are we on? I pray, Lord, I want you. I need you. Inner transformation, your word, relationships. And that's going to cause me to proclaim and preach the goodness of God with my life, with my words, with my actions, everything I am. That's what we're called to when we think of communion and of community. In the last few verses here, coming to the table to be cleansed. It says, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. I think sometimes we're like, ah, eh, I'll get around to being real or get around to life transformation. I'll get around to whatever at some point. And I read the word and it says, no, it's not like some get around thing today. Don't do it in an unworthy manner. But 28, let a person examine himself then. And so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And goes on, and I don't even like uh, some of these next verses. It's, it's hard. Like, what does this mean? But it says, for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. And when I think about these verses, you say, what? I believe so strongly that in our life, when we have the covering of the word of God, the power of God, then we're sitting underneath of him and underneath almost of an umbrella of his protection in our life. But when we say, you know what? I don't actually care anymore what God has. Then I start to wander out of the protection of God. And not only like, oh, God's going to spite me now. I don't think that's what God wants to do. He sent his son to die for you. But when I get out of the will of God, then anxiety can take over my life. Do you know how bad anxiety is? It's hard. Like if you have it, right? It's extremely difficult. It's hard to live with. And that's why, Lord, help me come more in line with you. And some may be like, it's just difficult, more difficult than someone else. And everybody has their area, whatever the sin might be. If I'm just walking in a sin area of my life, Lord, help me come back because this sin hurts me. This sin wounds me. So Lord, whether it's something I'm doing, whether it's something that I just don't know why, but my mind struggles, or whether it's something that I just was taught wrong, and now Lord, I need to come back in alignment. When we come back in alignment, then my anxiety goes down, my sin, I get rid of stuff that hurts me, wounds aren't there. And in fact, I would say exactly what the word says, because it's true, because it's the word that you bring judgment on yourself if we just walk out doing our own thing. We live doing our own thing. We talk, doing our own thing. And all of a sudden, I have problems in relationships because of what I say that's not what God would have me say. Anybody ever been there, said something that shouldn't? And I don't want to come and ask for forgiveness, so now I just live with it. And there's problems and situations, or even earlier, there's factions that can grow even inside of the body because I'm not in alignment. And all of a sudden, I bring worry and anxiety and stress and things that should not be in my life that God did not design us to walk with. And we realize, oh, you know what? My health isn't as good as it was. I'm not sleeping as good as I was. Anybody sleep important to you? That's all of us. And if I'm worrying and there's anxiety because I'm not trusting the Lord, then my sleep is bad. And if my sleep is bad, guess what? You're not going to be as healthy. And you begin to think the Lord sets up guidelines and rules to say, come on, be under my word. Be in my word. Because when you're in my word, when you're a part of me, you're going to be healthier your life's going to be better. Your anxiety is going to go down. You're going to sleep better, which to me, just give me good sleep. I know I'm doing pretty good if I'm sleeping well because I have strength 
and power to talk better and live better because I'm not letting worry and anxiety and sin bother me and cause me to not do what I need to get the health that I need in my life that starts with sleep. Just a simple thing. And it goes in all areas of our life. I think about coming to the table to be cleansed. Lord, I need you. It says in verse 31, but if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. And I'm going to be real in our day and age. So many people love the like term self-care or self-love. Like I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to do the things I need to do for myself. And I don't actually like those terms. I'm not a huge fan of them. I think we start thinking about ourselves more than we should. I like what it means, but I don't like quite what it means. Because what we need to do is what the word would say and maybe start self-judging ourselves just a tad. I'm not talking about where you get depressed or anything weird. I'm just saying, Lord, what's this look like with your word? If we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. If we come before the Lord and we say when I'm in community and when I'm at church and when I actually take communion, the little piece of bread and the little, little thing of juice, Lord, I judge myself and therefore I'm not going to let anxiety and worry and sin and these other things and relational problems build. I'm not going to let it be a part of my life. Then it says, you will not be judged because God's not looking to just like pummel you and judge you. He wants the opposite for your life. In fact, goes on, but when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined. He's saying, don't do that. Anybody love discipline? Like, nobody loves discipline. Nobody wants a good spanking. If you grew up in my house, nobody wants it. Sometimes I needed it. I'm really thankful for them. But boy, I didn't want them. And I would encourage you, you don't need to get whooped by the Lord. You don't need discipline by the Lord. If you would, judge yourself. So you don't even have to be judged. Because you put yourself in alignment with the word. And God says, yes, yes. This is what we're called to do. We don't have to experience so much if we just follow the word. We're judged by the Lord, we're disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. And I'm thankful that there, I don't want to be condemned with the world. I'd much rather start by judging myself. Lord, let me look like your book. Lord, let me look like you, Jesus. Lord, let me act like you. And then secondly, if I'm not getting it done, Lord, would you discipline me? I'll take it. I'll take the two by four up across the head to get on track if that's what I need because I don't want to be condemned with the world. I'll take discipline. But first, Lord, let me, let me self-judge. Let me self-look at your word. Let me be in the word so often and so much that I look more and more and more like you. That I don't have to even, you don't have to judge me too much. Does that sound good, anybody? When that, how do we do it? We have to be in the word. We've got to have personal relationship. We've got to have inner transformation and let it be a part of our life. And Sunday morning is a huge part of it. But core groups, our life groups here at Radiant Life, that's next level. I love Chi Alpha because the group, the weekly group is good. But every Chi Alpha director I've ever talked to, what they're really excited about is when there's more people in groups than there are even in their big groups. Like when there's more people in their small groups because inner transformation happens. Something takes place. And church, that's what we need. We need each other. We need each other on Sunday morning. We need a big celebration moment. We need it. We need God to show up. But then we need to get together, iron sharpens iron, 
We need to encourage each other. We need to judge each other ourselves a little bit. We need to encourage each other along that path. So hopefully we don't have to be judged by God and definitely not condemned by God because we wouldn't say yes to him. We wouldn't take his lead. We wouldn't take what the word is and make it our, our call and who we are. My closing question is what future are you prepping for? What future are you prepping for? It's huge. It's everything. And I want to I want to prep to self-judge myself that brings freedom, that I walk in a life that is free, that I walk in a life where nothing holds me, where I walk in a life where nothing is binding me in my mind or my heart or my spirit or my actions, where nothing holds me down. It says I can live as long as I have. No, the only thing I need that is what God would have for me, his word and relationship with him. And if I can experience that, and live that out. If you can experience that and live that out, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be just walking in relationship with the king of the universe. Whatever you're doing in your job, in your schooling, in your life, in your relationships, the difficulties you're walking through right now, if you walk under the power and the presence and the protection of God, he's going to help you navigate those things in a way that we cannot do by ourselves. It's impossible. But when we walk in him and we say, Lord, would you help me? Lord, let me see you. Lord, I'm going to examine myself. And not once a month on Sunday morning, but I'm going to examine myself every day. And then I'm going to get together in community and small group. And I'm going to examine myself. And we're going to pour into each other. And we're going to get together at prayer meetings. And we're going to examine ourselves. Lord, what do you have to do? Because I'm going to leave core group. I'm going to leave life group. I'm going to leave prayer time. I'm going to leave Sunday morning or Wednesday night. And when I leave the building, I have to be your hands and your feet to my world. And it's not going to happen if I'm not right with you. It's not going to happen if I'm not in relationship with you. It's not going to happen if the word is not real in my life. It's not going to happen if I'm not walking the journey of inner transformation because the word is changing me from the inside out. Just like exercise, it changes you from the inside out. The exercise, your legs are sore, your arms are sore, your back sore. If you're trying to lose a little weight, your stomach's sore because it wants food like it used to have, right? And with the word, sometimes it takes commitment and discipline, but then you start doing it and you start loving it. And all of a sudden you decide, you know what? It's way better. Life's way better when I'm a little more healthy and life's way better when I put myself under the word of God and I do it in community. So this morning, we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to sing a song together and I would encourage, encourage us to make it a prayer time. What is it maybe in your life that you need to give up? In fact, maybe you need to turn to the person on your left or right or walk across the room during this song and say, you know what, I'm sorry. How I acted, what I said, it wasn't right. Like th This would be a great time. We would cheer you on, cheer you on. Or maybe you need to text somebody. Or maybe today you're asking God for forgiveness, but you have to leave here and you have to go take care of something. Let's examine ourselves. And then watch as you walk in freedom and the blessing of God. So if we could all over this room, if we could stand, I'm going to pray. We're going to sing this song. Then we're going to come. We're going to eat the bread. We're going to drink the cup together. And if you say, can I do that? If you serve the Lord, if you're walking in relationship with the Lord today, you're welcome to join us. You're welcome to join us. So all that's it. If you know him, if you don't, I would encourage you during the song. He loves you. He wants the best for you. And you can ask him, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Make me new. And in one second, he welcomes you as a son or a daughter.
He welcomes you into his family. And then you are welcome to take communion with us because we are celebrating, remembering what he did, remembering who he is. So Lord, this morning, we're thankful for who you are. We're thankful that you died, Lord, but you didn't stay dead. You lived a sinless life that meant that when you died, you came back to life. You are a perfect sacrifice. You are now our high priest. You're the one that intercedes for us to make sure that when we stay under you, Lord, that nothing else is going to come and we're going to end up with heaven with you, that inner transformation can happen, that your word can be poured out, Lord, that relationship can happen in a new and an intimate way. And so, Lord, we thank you. We worship you. Lord, I pray during this song, Lord, it would be a prayer time in here. Maybe we need to come to an altar. Maybe at our seat we make an altar or we stand before you. But Lord Jesus, would you help us examine ourselves and if there's anything that does not line up with your word, I don't care what society would say is right. I don't care what our uh, people around us or our family or even what we've thought before. But what your word would say, Lord, if it doesn't line up, help us to repent. Lord, if we need to make it right with a person, help us to repent today. Give it all to you. Offer you everything. So Lord, we're thankful. Let us repent and step up in you and walk in freedom. And Lord, here in a minute when we celebrate together, Lord, I believe there's going to be freedom for some people. There's going to be healing for some people. There's going to be deliverance for some people. Lord, as we've made ourselves right with you. We love you. We thank you. And we praise you. Let's worship and cry out to the Lord together. You do it, God. You get rid of the darkness. It, it cannot stand in your presence. Lord Jesus, you silence fear in our lives. And this morning, Lord, as we come before you and we think about and we remember what you did, a perfect sacrifice. You were willing to die on a cross but not stay, not stay dead, but come back to life on the third day. Lord, to be our high priest, Lord, sitting in heaven, interceding for us even now. Lord, we offer all to you. We lay it all down before you. We give you every part of us, God. Lord, would you move? Would you speak? Would you show yourself? You're so good. Church, before we take the elements together, I just want to be sure, is there anybody that needs elements in the room? You don't have them and you need them before we take together? If so, just raise your hand real high. We have ushers. There's a Tiffany up here. There's one on this side. A couple on this side, it looks like. Just want to be sure. Keep those hands up. We'll be sure to get that to you. Church, God is good. He loves you. He's got you. Perfect. Thank you so much. When we take this, we're remembering he's done it for you. He's won the victory. He's already got you. He is so good. And we get to celebrate what he did. So this morning, could we, let's take the piece of bread out. Be sure to open that side first, our new communion cups. It would go bad if you went the other way. Lord, we're thankful for your body broken for us. You sacrificed it for us. Thank you, Jesus. As we eat, Lord, I pray that we would remember what you did. We love you. Let's eat together. Then, Lord, we're thankful, Lord, that you shed your blood. Lord, as we remember today, Lord, as we remember, Lord, we're thankful. By your stripes, we were healed we're whole. And even as we take this together, we would ask you, Lord, if there's things in us that need to be made whole, Lord, heal, restore. As we just ask for forgiveness, God, we pray that we'd be right before you. And this morning, Lord, even where sickness, 
or where disease or where problems or relational issues, God, we lay them at your feet and we'd ask you, even while we remember what you did, God, would you heal? Would you make new? Would you restore? Let's take the cup together. Come on. Yes, let's give the, the Lord a hand as you take that. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're so good. He's so good. He's so good. Church, I pray today that God has spoken. I pray that you've experienced him today, that you're blessed today. He loves you. He's got you. If you feel like you can't make it, you can make it. You got it. He loves you. Don't quit. Don't give in. His, his battle or his army is way bigger than whatever you're going through. Don't do it alone. I want to remind you, this Saturday night, we'd love to have you. 7 o'clock, come join us. Everybody's welcome. Bring something to share if you can. If you can't, you run out of time, just come. That's all right, just come. We're going to watch football. We're going to hang out, but we're going to be in community. We're going to have fun. We're going to eat food. It's going to be a great time. Bring a chair with you for sitting outside. It's going to be awesome. And then one more time, next Sunday morning, one service, repeat after me, one service at 10 a.m. One service, 10 a.m. Don't show up early. Early's okay, actually. Do that. Show up early. Get here. Good time of community. And then be willing and uh, be ready to stay late. We're going to have shaved ice afterward. It's going to be great. A time of community to hang out. Let's let God move. In fact, stay 10, 15 minutes after church. Hang out. Let's build a relationship, friendship. Let's be what God has called us to be today as we are the church. This week, Radiant Life, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a great week.